0: I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's up everyone? It's good to have you dropping in on another episode of the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about getting through hard times. Hard times are what we sign up for when we are living human lives. Even if you probably don't remember putting your name down on that sign up sheet for the hard times that are touching all of us in so many different ways right now. I never want to create the impression that I am some sort of exception to that and then I have everything together, or figured out, or that I'm somehow impermeable to hard times just because I'm a life coach and I do what I do and any of that other stuff. I'm going through some of the hardest times in my life right now, which is why some of these podcast episodes are going to be released outside of our regular scheduling. And I hope you can all understand that. It's been really, really tough lately. But I think it's important to share that I don't let any of that diminish me as a person or as a professional. Last time I checked, I have a pulse and I think struggling is a part of my humanness. I am not a guru or infallible or all-knowing. It would be misleading for anyone to try and portray themselves as the poster child of a struggle-free existence. Nobody gets a free pass. There's nowhere to get to where the problems stop. There are always going to be monkey wrenches thrown at you that could you know, get between you and more of the life you want to be living, things that you couldn't have seen coming. At every step of your life and growth, you are going to be presented with different sets of problems. Life is all about the good and the bad. Not getting to a place where you eradicate all the bad from your life. That's not possible. And if you can be good with the bad, then your experience of life and the problems that you're having changes. The expectation that problems can somehow magically go away or become less significant when you achieve this or that next thing gets replaced with the knowing that you can get through hard times and that it's all okay, no matter what is happening. What we can do is develop the skills and tools to be able to navigate all of that when it's hard, when it feels too much when we need to cope with difficult emotions and situations that we're being confronted with. I think a lot of the time when we're really going through it, we try to, in air quotes, (laughs) stay positive and force positivity on ourselves. But it's kind of like bending over to try and touch your toes when you ain't got the hamstring flexibility to do it. (laughs) It just comes off awkward and forced. So what I'm getting at is that we don't have to resist when we're going through a hard time you know, that we're going through a hard time. We have to learn to meet ourselves where we're at. It's okay to not be okay. It's when we're not okay with it not being okay that we freak out a little bit. And when we do that, it can start to feel like an emergency to get out of the situation we're in. And then everything gets worse. When everything feels like fire after fire after fire to fire, that's when you burn yourself out. That's when your brain circuitry overheats and you end up running on no energy and losing that motivation to keep going. Your life is not an emergency, no matter what's going on. So important to know that. If you're struggling to find the energy to face some of the things that you're going through right now, I think that you'll be able to find some relief from some of the things that I want to teach you in this episode. They are things that are helping me through what I'm going through, and have helped me over and over again throughout the years, not just survive, but thrive in the face of adversity and come through it so much stronger. So let me open the topic up to you by getting you to think about this. How would you say that you deal with adversity? If you were to really think about it, how would you answer that question? Most people don't really know how to answer that question until they're forced to. They don't really know how they'll deal with adversity until they're faced with it or blindsided by it. Granted, some people are very good at responding to adversity. They can take on the obstacles in their lives and turn them into opportunities. They can look at a situation and see that building block within the stumbling block, and they can build themselves up out of the raw material of life. But even though sometimes people are prepared for it, most often they're not. And when they've had a lot of adversity all throughout their lives, yes, it can create grit and inner strength. It does, but it doesn't bury what we've been through. So when someone then goes on to face other hard times in their lives afterwards, often those hard times get compounded by the things that happened earlier in their lives. You can probably relate to that, right? Where one thing happens and it loosens the soil in your mind about all these other hard times that you've been through, right? A relationship ends, for example, and you start thinking about all of your other relationships where you felt hard done by and all the other times where you were wronged in life. It becomes this rabbit hole. Instead of experiencing the suffering situationally, now you're suffering that you're suffering, It's so easy to fall into this rut where we're constantly trying to escape adversity and trying to rearrange our circumstances to avoid having to deal with any kind of struggle or pain. In our hurry to move on from adversity really quickly, very often we end up rushing right back into it because we don't take the time to understand it. We'd much rather bury it or sweep it under the rug and deny the heaping pile of mess that's accumulating somewhere beneath the surface of our everyday lives until we stumble back into it. Life is full of these highs and lows. Whenever you're pursuing something bigger for yourself, that means bigger emotions. If you want a life that's bigger than the life you have right now, you're going to have to develop the emotional management to tolerate and willingly handle adversity and big emotions. You have to prepare for the negative emotion and anticipate that it's going to be there along the way. You have to slow down and understand it. You're going to have to learn the skill to be able to do that. Otherwise, it becomes emotionally draining and overwhelming. When you're not able to process raw emotion in the moment, and I'm not talking about emoting or acting out emotion. I'm talking about feeling it in your body without reacting to it, developing a wise relationship to it, not trying to get rid of it right away but working with it, right? So when you aren't processing your emotions, what you're unwilling to feel is always going to get between you and what you actually want to experience and create into your life. Many people use adversity to prepare themselves emotionally. They use adversity to force themselves to process whatever they've been sweeping under that rug. They don't prepare themselves ahead of time for it to come up. You know, they don't prepare themselves for what will be required for themselves to walk into the life they actually want to be living. It's totally backwards, right? It's like stepping into the boxing ring and expecting that to make you stronger. It might, but you're also going to get pummeled pretty hard if your practice night is fight night. The arena of your life isn't the practice. The practice is what comes before Without it, when you come across adversity, you're not going to be equipped to handle it emotionally. So you'll start looking for that tap out button. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Some situations we can't quit. So it's easy to start eating or partying or drinking our way through those situations just to get that emotional relief. We can still be working on ourselves or dealing with whatever we're going through. But if we don't have the most adaptive coping mechanisms in place, we can end up creating problems on top of problems and then without realizing it, use those problems to distract away from the core of the issues we're dealing with. This happens a lot with weight gain. People are struggling with their weight. The weight seems like the problem, but really it's the byproduct of the coping strategies that are being used in another part of a person's life to deal with something that is hard so resources then get diverted away from dealing with the problem that is causing the weight gain and get mobilized towards trying to get rid of the weight that's how we can end up dealing with the same problem over and over without any meaningful or lasting change we can think we're dealing with the problem but we're not actually dealing with its cause and that's because we aren't able to step back from the problems we're facing when we haven't prepared ourselves emotionally to be able to do that to detach and to get some perspective over it. When we're trying to get rid of a problem or a negative emotion before we understand it, we can't access solutions or resourceful states. It's counterinstinctual, instinctual but the first thing we have to do is slow down. Slow way down. Let yourself feel what you're doing. Don't just go through the motions. You've got to put your mind into the motion. Otherwise, you end up doing, 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 without thinking and evaluating what you're doing. Your mind is like the rudder on a ship. If you don't give the action you're taking any direction, you're just going to end up going nowhere in a hurry. All your brain cares about is survival. It will turn whatever problem you're dealing with over and over again in your mind if you don't put it to work on the solution, very deliberately. When you can't stop worrying about a problem or thinking about a problem or waking up in the middle of the night about a problem, that's because your brain has identified that problem as a threat and is going to keep sending you reminders so that you can stay focused on resolving it. It wants to know that you're going to get around to it. If you were starving to death, your brain wouldn't want you to have squirrel brain and get distracted from looking for food. It would be highly motivated to keep you on task. finding that food and that's why it can almost feel like you're going to die if you don't stop paying attention to your problem right that it's just going to make it worse that you have to be totally fixated and consumed by it otherwise danger 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 It can really feel like survival is what's at stake it's normal if you're having a hard time thinking about anything else we have a very warped view of things when we're trying to get away from danger The problem with that problem (laughs) is that the brain isn't very good at telling the difference between a predator and a problem, like your bank statement or a layoff or somebody you care about yelling at you. Your brain processes all of it as a threat to your survival. Physiologically, in your body, you get jacked up because of the stress response. And you start reacting to the things around you as a threat. When we slip into the fight-flight-freeze mode because we're fixated on a stressor, we burn up our adaptation energy, and it actually makes us less adaptable because we're more reactive. Your brain will pick up on social and environmental cues and read them as a threat, which can make you hypervigilant and hyper irritable to even minor stressors that otherwise might not be a big deal. Everything just starts to seem like a big deal. When we get defensive... There's an underlying assumption, unconsciously, of a looming threat of aggression, and that can actually get perceived as aggression by people around us, sometimes and often by the very people who are actually trying to help us. So that's important to recognize within ourselves when we have those tendencies. Stress reactions are not the source of our creativity and ingenuity. Our brains are very good at identifying and assessing problems, but not so good at orienting towards solutions and being responsive, especially when we're under high levels of stress. Our brains just want to make the problem go away with the least amount of effort and fast, which can make us reactive. These reactive tendencies are magnified in the area of relationships. I don't just mean romantic relationships. This could be work dynamics or with friends, but of course, especially romantic relationships. It's in the area of our relationships that we end up playing out the attachments or the attachment style we formed as children to our parents or caregivers. If you grew up with insecure attachments, so with a caregiver who was volatile or inconsistent in meeting your needs, your brain made that association early on between the withdrawal of love and approval and a literal threat to your survival. That often creates an insecure attachment style and these relationships of dependency rooted in people-pleasing as an adult, where you'll try to hold on to relationships at all costs, even at the expense of yourself. This can lead you to give, 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 and blindly because you want so much for your attention to be reciprocated. Or you have these knee-jerk reactions to look for what's wrong with you when someone gets upset with you or someone gets upset around you. I think women especially can relate to this. We've all been there at some point where we give everything without the other person having to invest much back into the relationship. And it's a total drain. You can never control another person or their opinion of you, whether you're a child or an adult. But over time, you can end up learning to strive and try to, right? And you just tell yourself that you're being nice or generous or you're just hardworking or something like that. But really, unconsciously, you're trying to control how other people think of you and how they treat you. Instead of respect being something that is expected, you act in a way as if it has to be earned, So you're hustling for other people's opinions of you. As an adult, your brain continues to lead you to behave as if your survival was dependent on the people around you, like your boss or your romantic partner, even if it isn't. So this is a little raw and recent. And I thought a lot about whether to share what's going on with you all yet, but I think that I'll better be able to illustrate some of the processes I'm using in action by telling you how I'm handling what's going on right now. So I just got out of a relationship in which my now ex-boyfriend defrauded all my banking institutions. It's been a lot to process, The banks are investigating, the police are investigating, and you know, you run into a lot of people who you assume are supposed to help you and who doubt you. And I've just been learning to let that be okay. I'm discovering that despite the evidence that I've been able to gather, and that they've been able to gather, that there are so many faults in the justice system, where cases like mine end up falling through the cracks and getting filed away at the bottom of a stack. And that has been disheartening, (laughs) to say the least. At the beginning of all of this, and even prior to discovering the first fraud, I'd been having these panic attacks, and everything would just get speeded up. My heart would race for hours throughout the night, and it would feel like that feeling when you've had too much to drink and you have to put your foot on the ground just to make the room stop spinning. It's a wildly out-of-control feeling, let me tell you that. I could ground myself throughout the day, but at night, it was like there was this dark cloud of negativity that would come over me and glob onto me and suck me back into this wormhole at the back of my mind where I was absolutely being consumed by what's going on. I felt like I was pinned down to the ground in that relationship and then I couldn't leave. I have in my mind the metaphor of the baby zoo elephant that gets tied to a peg in the ground when it's really little and then grows in size but doesn't have the awareness that it can pull away, even though it has the strength to do so. It just thinks it's trapped, and that's how I felt. I think many of you will be able to relate to being in a situation that you feel trapped in or that you can't seem to get yourself out of. The peg in the ground for me was co-signing on a car. He had this story about how he had been in an accident that wrecked his car, and he kept bringing it up and bringing it up. And you know, when you see someone in distress, especially someone you're in a relationship with, it's your reflex to care and to want to do something about it. We ended up going away for a weekend to Toronto with Some of his friends to, you know, catch a breath, relieve some stress, have some fun. And some of his friends came with us. Over lunch, they started talking about the car. And then they were asking about whether I have good credit. And, you know, this is a relaxed conversation among friends. (laughs) So I wasn't thinking these types of questions over. I wasn't picking up on the red flags. So one thing led to another And I was signing for a new car. The whole thing was probably premeditated. But when you have love on the brain, it's not surprising if you don't have the discernment to recognize when you're being conned or misled. In a way, you're cognitively impaired because you're drunk on all the feelings involved. It was like locking down a 100% hold on the relationship that had been so good up until then. I was so focused on the gain and reassurance that he was giving me in that moment that I was completely looking past my potential losses. We're so conditioned that when you do something nice for someone, you get rewarded for that with praise, with gratitude, with love, with something, right? I think that ends up creating and reinforcing the nice girl syndrome or the good guy syndrome where you overcompensate in all these unconditional ways before your own conditions have been met you're striving to get the other person to reciprocate and sometimes it works but often it backfires eventually you're standing there saying like i love you and the other person's like okay thank you goodbye you do the thing that you think is going to be rewarded but then it isn't and maybe it goes without notice Maybe the other person's response is totally different than how you thought they would respond to you. And that was definitely the case for me. And I had no idea that I was doing this. Right? I'm just thinking I'm I'm being nice. I'm being the girlfriend. He started treating me so different than I expected once I dotted the I's and crossed my T's on that contract. It's easy to end up feeling victimized in a situation like the one I've just been in because you don't feel like you've done anything wrong. The brain experiences that kind of sudden rejection and the withdrawal of affection as a primal threat to survival. It's natural that I didn't know how to respond and I want you to know that it's normal if you don't know what to do or you're thinking back and wondering why you didn't do things differently. We act on the baseline of stress in our nervous systems, not on our better judgment. It's much harder to think rationally than it is to think emotionally. That's a big part of why we do what we do. And that's why we can behave in a way that doesn't match what we intellectually or emotionally have a grasp of. So, normalizing whatever you're experiencing and however you're experiencing it is an important first step to getting through hard times because it brings the stress levels down and makes whatever you're dealing with much more workable. Whenever our brains start telling us this shouldn't be happening, I'm not okay, this needs to be over with already, that's not a useful attitude. That's the attitude of resistance. And what we resist persists and ends up overwhelming us. You can't control your response if you're resisting what's happening. You can't open yourself up to solutions. You have to bring those stress levels down first, and that's so often the opposite of what most people do. The way that you can start to diffuse some of that stress is by neutralizing whatever feels threatening about the situation you're facing. You've got to stop the bleeding before you heal the pain, which is not to say you throw yourself into the face of danger and find a way to be okay with a situation that is in fact threatening. That is not what I'm saying. You just want to be able to name the facts of the situation separate from your interpretation of what's going on so you can get perspective over them. If you don't make that separation, you lose your power to choose your response. It creates the impression that things are happening to you and that you have no control. In my situation, I created a document and created a chronology with bullet points and it got really factual. I didn't get into telling the story with the elephant metaphor. I got down to the facts of where, when, how much, and with whom. So you're just taking away all of the interpretation, all of the story all around it, how you're seeing it, right? your experience of it, and you're getting down to the facts so that you have that in front of you. Then you can think more clearly about whether you're thinking about your problem in a way that's helpful or hurtful, and you can start to cope with one thing at a time. Left to its own devices, your brain will want to fix everything and all at once. And that brain habit will end up overwhelming you and keep you stuck and stagnating and spinning. Everything will take on a veneer of urgency, and your focus will be fragmented among too many different things at once. That's when it starts to feel too much. That's why you have to get down to the facts and give your mind a singular focus. You've got to take that step back from the problem and say, this is what happened. Now, how do I want to handle it? Now what? That's the only way you're going to give yourself back some power over the situation. The way you'll get through anything is by taking it one step at a time. You don't need to figure everything out or figure out how this is happening for you. (laughs) If you're not ready for that, you just have to pick one thing and put your brain to work on the solution. It's the perspective that you take on the problem that you're experiencing, that you're having, that you're going through, that will determine your ability to handle adversity and allow you to keep showing up until you overcome it. It's that perspective that gives you agency and shows you where you do have some choice and control. How you decide to show up and who you decide to show up as in the face of whatever circumstances you're being faced with at this point moment in time, is what you have control over, when everything else feels so outside of your control. So much of this is easier said than done. I get that. That's why I believe so much in the power of working with someone, of working with a coach. It's been making so much of a difference for me, probably why I'm able to process this enough to be able to speak on it at this stage of where I'm at with it. And I just want to give a nod to Tracy Emerson, who's probably going to listen into this and who's been holding space for me. Part of your resourcefulness and resilience will come from the resources all around you. And you have to pull those resources in, lean into your supports. That's your scaffolding if you want to build a big life or if you want to build yourself up stronger out of a difficult situation. Big life changes are hard to go through alone, especially when you don't have a solid foundation of health, of physical and mental health. With everything going on, I wasn't able to launch the Genius Body Transformation Challenge this month, but I want you to mark your calendars the first of every month starting in December. The monthly challenge is by far one of the most exciting opportunities to come work with me. For seven days straight out of the month, I'm going to go live and offer coaching in a private Facebook group, and then you'll have access to that, and you'll be able to spend the rest of the month to see not only your body transform, but also the way you take on the adversity and process some of the adversity that you've been through, so you'll see really the whole shape of your life transform. You'll learn how to nourish yourself from the inside out and put good food into your body so that you can fuel yourself and your goals like never before. And most importantly, you won't have to go through any of this stuff alone. You'll have access to the Tribe for Life and all of the content that I'll be rolling out in there afterwards. It's just a great community of people to be a part of. So make sure that you join up today to be a part of it starting on December 1st. I think one of the most rounding things we can do is prepare ourselves for adversity with our bodies you can't practice for a job loss or for a lawsuit or a divorce but you can practice endurance and strength and flexibility in your body in a way that simultaneously develops those same mental abilities that make you better at life it doesn't just give you a better body it gives you that capacity to move through life you can microdose physical and mental challenges that ready you to take on whatever it is you have to take on to get yourself through what you're going through or to where you want to be, no matter where you're starting from right now. You can take something that's difficult, like an exercise or a cold plunge, and practice meeting that edge of discomfort where you want to give up, and then inch your way beyond it. Which makes you better at taking on challenges in your life where you can't quit or where you will want to quit. This is what the Genius Body Transformation Challenge is all about. I can't wait to see you in there. Bye for now. Hey, if you're ready to see your body change from the inside out, join the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge seven days that will change how you approach weight loss forever. It's been known to help people just like you start losing weight in a way that you can actually keep it off. Just click on the link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.